0: I found Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell, amazing. Dude. She's seventy-five now. Happy yeah. birthday, Joni! Yeah, she recently turned seventy-five. Yeah. Well, you've got some lyrics there that you wanted to share.
1: Well, I pulled out the lyrics. Some of the lyrics to Woodstock, where she writes, "We are stardust." Mm-hmm. billion year- old carbon we are golden, caught in the devil's bargain we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. That sense of connection to the fact that we are made of stars mm-hmm. but the same thing that are made of stars and that connectivity to the universe is profound experience, mm-hmm. which relates to this word ambido <laughs> You're listening to The Sill
0: Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. <music> Episode 73, Digging Words, Ambido, Deep Diving in the Shallows.
1: We are stardust, we are... Among the many new words added to the new Oxford Dictionary for 2018, Mm. you have the word hangry, which is a combination of hungry and angry. You have selfie. Mm. Everybody uses that word now. There's a word called dickish. (laughs) (laughs) Word commodify, which we use fairly regularly, but it's not been in the dictionary before. And many, many more. So every year, the new Oxford Dictionary as well as Merriam-Webster and the Mm -hmm. others, add new words into the lexicon, which kind of legitimizes them. It says, okay, this is now part of the language. And why is it part of the language? It's been used. The word's been used enough for them to recognize that it should be Recognized as part of our language. Common use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which leads us to the idea of this episode of Digging Words, mm-hmm. which is to look at a brand new word that's been made up. Ambido. The word is ambido. Thank you. And that word is actually made up by a gentleman named John Koenig, who is in the process of creating a new dictionary called the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Interesting title. Yeah, and it's going to be coming out at some point in the near future through Simon & Schuster. And I ran across his website and his book. Yeah, you gave me the link to his uh, TED Talk. Yeah, he did a TED Talk as well. And it's very fascinating that someone would come up with that impulse to create an entire dictionary of new words Mm -hmm. to describe experiences that are hard to translate, hard to describe, hard to share. Right. And I think his attitude is that We have every right to create new words because words are created anyway. Mm -hmm. So why not create new ones? And
0: what you just said about uh, the description or hard to describe, I think was
1: the phrase you used, which is right in line with the word ambido. The definition that is given in the dictionary, Mm -hmm. ambido, noun, a kind of melancholic trance in which you become completely absorbed in vivid sensory details – For example, raindrops skittering down a window, Mm -hmm. tall trees leaning in the wind, clouds of cream swirling in your coffee. And that's a description of a kind of emotional, psychological, spiritual state in which one feels kind of absorbed in the detail, Mm -hmm. but... Also reflected back from that absorption is a sense for life, for the universality of life, for the fragility of life Mm -hmm. as well. There's a consciousness to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's a beautiful word Mm -hmm. for a very profound experience that everyone has. Mm -hmm.
0: Ambi, which is mm -hmm. right or left, Mm -hmm. suggests an all-encompassing kind of feeling. Oh, sure. Multidirectional?
1: Multidirectional. You're not only absorbed into it, but you're also receiving from it Mm -hmm. a kind of transmission, if you like, not of information, but of a quality of consciousness that you share Mm -hmm. with the world around you. So for me, for example, I fall into the ambito state when my cat Twiggy, regularly comes to me on my bed or on the couch, lays herself down beside me against my hip, and falls asleep fairly quickly. And I watch her abdomen rising and falling as she's breathing. Hmm. Fascinated by it because in that moment, I recognize that there's a point where that breathing will stop that there's a fragility to life where at some point she will leave me, she will die, or I'll die and mm-hmm. she'll be left. And that sense of melancholy that is there in that moment is unmistakable.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a similar feeling with my granddaughter. The only thing that doesn't enter my mind is her leaving before me. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I've had those thoughts. I think about my age now and her age, and I think 30 years from now, the likelihood of me being around there. well, you never know, but Not likely. And I think about the fact that she'll be a young adult
1: or an adult and uh, I won't be around. Yeah. Kind of strange daydreaming. Mm -hmm. It's not like we choose to do it. We just notice something like the leaves shaking in the tree and being entranced by it Mm -hmm. and it drawing us into the world of nature, for example.
0: I think Uh, it comes easier to some people than others,
1: though, don't you? Oh, sure. You have to almost allow that. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are people who are predisposed to allowing that, and there are others who don't tend to go in those directions mm-hmm. inwardly. They're practical, they're grounded, they're down to earth, they get things done. Mm-hmm. And the world needs both those kinds of people. Absolutely. You know, the dreamers yeah. and the doers. Mm-hmm. Not to say that dreamers can't be doers, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, they but, can both be either, but they tend towards one more than the other.
1: Yeah. What else is involved in that experience? Kind of a meditative feeling?
0: I think so. I think it can also be a form of reprieve from everyday life,
1: the mundane, the the tedious. Yeah, yep. it's a nice break you give yourself. Sense of connection with mm-hmm. with the world, with nature, with life itself, yeah. is there? It's kind of an unfocused. Meditation, almost, you could say. Yeah, and I would say it's
0: almost like a child's pacifier for adults.
1: Yeah, and other people would say, well, that's just Zen Buddhism, mm-hmm. <laughs> and which it, it is in a it's way. It's a correlation. Right? right? Zen Buddhists would have you... Uh, Everything in, and nothing? In, yeah, but they would have you engage in a very simple act, like picking up a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But rather than just picking it up and drinking it, they would say to you, or they might say to you, well... Take a half an hour to pick up that cup of tea and drink it. And don't do anything else, but pick up that cup of tea and drink it. Take a half an hour to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, you naturally would have to fall into a state of ambito, examining the porcelain of the cup, the cracks. It's an immersive experience. Yeah, the, the imperfections in the cup, the feel of it in the palm of your hand, the warmth of the tea seeping through. And all kinds of other sensory experiences and inward experiences. Right. So by the time you finish drinking that cup of tea, you have gone through an incredible state of mind and come back to the real world, quote unquote. Exactly. Right? So it's, it's very much a Zen Buddhist kind of feeling, I would say, that particular experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? So why don't we give our listeners a bit of that TED Talk with uh, John Koenig? Yeah, let's do it. Box, box. So, what's your story?
2: Ambido. The search for meaning is a search for missing treasure. You've never actually seen it, but you've heard stories since you were a kid. It might have been something you lost years ago, but ever since then, you can't help but keep your eyes open as if the answer will soon arrive in some windfall epiphany. In Greek, there's a word, uh, lochicism, which is the hunger for disaster. When you see a thunderstorm on the horizon, and you just find yourself rooting for the storm. In Mandarin, they have a word, yi. I'm not pronouncing it correctly, which means the longing to feel intensely again, the way you did when you were a kid. In Polish, they have a word, which is the kind of hypothetical conversation that you compulsively play out in your head. And finally, in German, of course, in German, uh, they have a, a word called uh, zielschmerz, which is the dread of getting what you want. <laughs> of finally fulfilling a lifelong dream. I'm German myself, so I know exactly what that feels like. I'm not sure if I would use any of these words as I go about my day, but I'm really glad they exist. But the only reason they exist is because I made them up. I am the author of The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, which I've been writing for the last seven years. And the whole mission of the project is to sort of find holes in the language of emotion and try to fill them so that we have a way of talking about all those human peccadilloes and quirks of the human condition that we all feel but may not think to talk about, because we don't have the words to do it. Box, box.
1: Now, uh, from that book, I'm going to share just a couple of other words. See, there's there's many, many words in this dictionary that's going to be released soon. One, for example, is the word midding. M-I-D-D-I-N-G, midding. Which is feeling the tranquil pleasure and being near a gathering, Mm. but not quite in it hovering on the perimeter of a campfire, chatting outside a party while others dance inside, resting your head in the back seat of a car, listening to your friends chatting up front, feeling blissfully invisible yet still fully included, safe in the knowledge that everyone is together and everyone is okay with all the thrill of being there without the burden of having to be. Mm. So we've all had that experience. It's a universal thing, right? Mm. So that's midding. There's another word in the dictionary, which is paro, P-A-R-O, and there's a circumflex over the A, paro. It's a noun, the feeling that no matter what you do is always somehow wrong. Mm. (laughs) We've had that experience. As if there's some obvious way forward that everybody else can see, but you, each of them leaning back in their chair and calling out helpfully, colder, colder, Mm. Uh, colder, (laughs) colder. And the last one I'm going to share is a word called morii, M-O-R-I-I, morii, a desire to capture a fleeting moment. With every click of the shutter, you're trying to press pause on your life. Mm. If only so you can feel a little more comfortable moving on, living in a world stuck on play. Mm. So the impulse to take photographs of everything, to freeze time. Right? because everything is moving so quickly, changing, mm-hmm. that that's there in us too, because things move more quickly than we do in general. Right. We're trying to, so in clear. some way, slow down the pace. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there's a word created for that. There we so go. So, it's a wonderful idea. I love that. I can't tell you how much I love this idea and this idea of this book. And I've been in touch with John, and uh, hopefully we can get him on the, the podcast at some point. That would be wonderful.
0: Yeah, it would. And I did watch that TED Talk, which was interesting. Yeah. And one of the things that um, struck me, and of course, we don't have the visual image here on the podcast, but was that image of the two paths on the university campus where there was a connection to a building and there was a paved path, Mm -hmm. which was the path you're supposed to take. Right. To the building's doors. And then there was the path that was made by people.
1: Cutting across. Cutting
0: across and selecting a more natural path. (laughs)
1: taking the road less traveled, as the saying goes. Yeah. And his point in in the TED Talk is that words are made up. We have the right to make up words. Language is not something that's carved in stone.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a tool. The determining factor is how many of us actually include it in our lexicon. There's a consensus that is usually required by a set number of people in order to be adopted. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the most used a word in the world okay. Is, a, is okay. <laughs> and no one yet knows what O and K stand for. You could
1: go to Siberia and say okay, and someone will know. You can go to Tibet and people yes. will
0: know okay. It is right? generally regarded as the most
1: well-known phrase in the world. Yeah. How does that come to be? That's a question, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the other word that relates to ambido is albedo. And it's from physics. It's a term in physics, which means uh, both uh, something like a, a light source yes. or a surface that both reflects and absorbs at the same time. Exactly, And it's perfect. Ambito is very much that. You're absorbed in something and it's reflecting back to you. Mm-hmm. So there are all these kind of loose connections to other words, not necessarily direct connections. But the key there
0: is, is it's a two-way transmission. It's not one way.
1: Right. Because we right. were
0: talking about that earlier, with regards to technology. Yeah. Right. Now let's talk about. That. Well, the technology tends to be a one-way road, generally. You know, it's you and a screen, but the screen is kind of absorbing you and demanding your attention. Mm-hmm. It's not a reciprocal kind of action. Yeah. So it- technology tends to be a very practical uh, aspect of our lives in terms of a functionality. Although there are some mm-hmm. exceptions. For example, we talked about uh, filmmaking and how technology allows a level of filmmaking that wasn't possible before that can create this kind of ambito that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, you can even think of directors like Terrence Malick and the way he uses the camera and will maybe hold a camera steady on a small detail. Like a fence post. Fence post, a corner of a room for Mm -hmm. much longer than you would normally do in in fast-paced filmmaking, Mm -hmm. which gives it a kind of a meditative feel and gives him a kind of depth in his filmmaking Mm -hmm. and gives you that experience of ambito. And also that pacing that you were talking about earlier, where we're slowing down the pace. Yeah. So the arts really are there in some way, some cases, to create the context for ambito. Musicians like Leonard Cohen, mm-hmm. who by fire, who da, his sort of melancholic, yes. meditative, spiritual words. That he sings almost in a monotone mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. puts you in that place of meditation. I found Joni Mitchell. Joni
0: Mitchell amazing.
1: Dude. She's seventy-five now. Happy yeah. birthday, Joni. Yeah, she recently turned seventy-five. Yeah. Well, you've got some lyrics there that you wanted to share. Well, I pulled out the lyrics, some of the lyrics to Woodstock, where she writes, We are stardust. Mm-hmm. billion-year-old carbon. We are golden, caught in the devil's bargain. We've got to get ourselves back to the garden. That sense of connection to the fact that we are made of stars, mm-hmm. but the same thing that are made of stars. And that connectivity to the universe is profound experience, mm-hmm. which relates to this word ambido in, in some ways, and even
0: some of our other lyrics. I mean, Joni Mitchell is famous for this. By the way, Joni Mitchell, Canadian born and bred. Yahoo!
1: <laughs> yeah, man. But when she says, uh, I could drink a case of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful lines. And her voice, the plaintive qualities of her voice, put you in that state as well. But right? just think of that phrase, though, for a second
0: what? I could drink a case of you.
1: Yeah. That's a great metaphor. It is, really. (laughs) And a beautiful metaphor can do that, put you in that place of ambito. We talked about a transcendent tune last episode Mm -hmm. and how strange fruit and that metaphor for strange fruit puts you in this place of undeniable state of awareness of the cruelty that we can enact upon each other. Mm -hmm. So the arts in general can do that. I love Mary Oliver's poetry. Her poetry does that to me. There's a book she wrote called The Leaf and the Cloud. I've that read, read that. I've read from on this podcast. And, many podcasts uh, back. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and she is very much like that. She puts you in this place through her direct language and her connection to nature that is very ambido-like. So the arts are a great place to go to to find those moments yes, if yep. they don't come to you naturally a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: It's also a natural kind of extension, isn't it? Because the arts do focus on that sometimes surreal or an atmosphere that you don't experience in real life, but you're relating it back
1: to real life. Yeah. Oh, sure. One thing I'd like to talk about is the propensity to create new words. Why do we need to do that exactly? Don't we have enough?
0: Basically, the objective of a word is to conjure up A certain definition for people, right? So if you come up with a really nice word that really encapsulizes a multitude of Mm -hmm. feelings, experiences, or definitions. Yeah. As opposed to requiring a long phrase, like one word. When Mm -hmm. you hear the word like mellifluous, you don't have to say much more. Yeah. Because the word describes, and I think that's what happens even with modern day lexicons or with the changing of Mm -hmm. dictionary words, because they become the de facto go-to word in the environment that we're
1: in. Mm Mm-hmm. That also happens, well, I mean, we don't always have to create new words. We can borrow them from other languages, and we yes. do that liberally. So we talked about Zeitgeist uh, mm-hmm. a number of episodes ago, and that was drawn from German. Hard to describe what Zeitgeist is, but it does encapsulate a certain exactly. worldview, a certain sense of... Yeah. Oftentimes
0: uh, like, we use foreign language words because they better capture what we're trying to express.
1: Yeah. I just love playing with language. E.E. E. Cummings, the poet... The great American poet would mm-hmm. break words apart, play with them, string them together in one long word, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was given a challenge by a friend of mine to write a poem with a lot of made-up words. And we used to play with each other. I'd give him the first line of a poem, and he'd have to write the poem. Do you have some of that here? Yeah, I've got one here. Oh, go ahead. No, read, read <laughs> he, he gave me the line, uh, this is the what he gave me as my first line. Mm-hmm. Some sucker, longing little lightfa. Popped perpetula,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so I wrote a poem called "Love Story." Okay, and it goes like this: yeah. Some sucker, longing little lightva, popped perpetula, and twiggled but not stunked. He sucks some tunes till hair flies outa. heart worms and timbles till sucknutters cravis drives him contubulous to perpetula's skrill. Criates with Pashtoon his gondiferous naiode, till she, harl-stricken, shimbles into his outtwickered arms. Pops a henderific kiss on his temblin' gister, and mitinates the wordundruns that uber suck longs to scribulate. iggy tangin Ziptik yun The Duanus love-butts fade uh. into <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Duane's love the Duane's butts, love butts fade into striliating some song little lightfa long ago lemonine lemonine <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's another area with this word ambito that would be very
1: applicable, and that is the area of drugs. Oh, yes, of course. Those of us of our generation have certainly partaken in drugs at one point or other in our Mm -hmm. lives. I have. Mm -hmm. And certain kinds of drugs, not all of them, but certain kinds of drugs can put you in a place where you really notice the details and you're absorbed in the details you you get mm. caught up in it and you could spend a half an hour examining your fingernail yeah. and uh, inwardly you're off in other galaxies thinking about death and life and and what your corpse will look like with that fingernail. And, or even
0: just the observation of the nail
1: itself. The color, the lines, the way it's shaped. Yeah, or oh. that it looks alien in a way. You know, mm-hmm. you might think, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we came here from out of space and this is a reminder of our alien ancestry or something. But drugs will do that. They open one's consciousness, giving one permission To just be absorbed in the present, in what is in front of one. Mm -hmm. And Um, ancient uh, civilizations always sought this out in many forms. I remember once, uh, many, many years ago, I was high on mescaline, Mm. of all drugs. And from the window of our university campus, I watched an airplane that was coming towards the building Mm. to fly over top of it. Watched it for like 40 minutes and it came at the pace of a snail. Now, it was really a lot faster, but my mind had slowed down, down. time down to such a degree that everything became extreme. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> we laugh, but yeah. in some ways, that's what ambido is. Mm-hmm. It's being lost to time so that time in its fullness can enter one's Being and express itself in Mm -hmm. that sense of melancholy and fragileness, and uh, you're lost and immersed into the experience. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because if we just stopped all of our petty doing, rushing about, and all this stuff we go through, and just allow that to slow down, Mm -hmm. we would be in ambido a lot of the time.
0: Well, I think we certainly laugh more and enjoy each other more sometimes. I think, as you know, right now, people are preoccupied in many ways with this whole legalization of marijuana Mm yeah but i think it's a timing thing too it's come at a time when more than ever people are seeking some form of a break Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's from the political the economic uh, stresses that people are feeling and i think for many of us specifically in our generation who recall 30 40 years back or the experiences Mm -hmm. there's perhaps a summoning up of all that now, and one of the reasons why this whole legalization thing is taken on such a dimension,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a good thing, I think, not the legalization per se, right. but that people will get a chance to experience these states of consciousness mm-hmm.
0: in a safe environment,
1: yeah, and hopefully in a safe hopefully environment, a safe environment yeah. because nowadays we are caught up. In the world of the internet and the world of information highways. Mm -hmm. And life really moves quickly, increasingly accelerating all the the time. Oh, it's it's mind bending, right? Mm -hmm. And this ambito, this state, is a way of. Not dropping out, but slowing things down. Slowing now. down. What was that expression? Uh, Leary created. Tune I in, turn on, and drop out. Something like that. And it's doing that, but in a very safe way, in a very personal way. And mm-hmm. as you said earlier today, when we were talking about this, everybody's experience of ambido is unique to them. Mm-hmm. Even though a thousand people may be looking at that raindrop running down the window and lost in it, a thousand people will have a thousand different experiences inwardly sure. for what that kind of means in the greater context of life.
0: For me, the most important aspect of it is that it brings a sort of peace to Mm -hmm. an individual in whatever form that takes. Yeah. That it calms you down and it calms you down in a natural way. It's not drug-induced. You don't have to harm yourself to access it. Yeah. You just have to be open to it.
1: And I think people need to allow for these kinds of uh, dreamlike meditative moments and not poo-poo them, not mm-hmm. suggest that they're the product of laziness or unfocused thinking, blah, 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 mm-hmm. but that they're actually rather essential to our health and well-being, yeah. that we have to periodically center ourselves and go back to who we are inwardly as a human being and not worry about the pettiness of life. Right.
0: things. You're not excluding Other things to enter this area. Yeah.
1: You're including it as part of. Yeah. And, you know, the people who are religious, Mm -hmm. although I don't subscribe to mainstream religion, I can understand going into a cathedral. Sure. And being drawn into, say, the stained glass Mm -hmm. or the iconography and the quiet of that space and the mm-hmm. feeling of being absorbed in it in some ways. Even the simple architecture right. of the structure. hmm Yeah, which often is designed to give that mm-hmm. experience, can produce this state of ambido. And now we have a word for it. Lovely. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank John Koenig for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm do out of here. Uh, Stay tuned for another word next time around. We haven't chosen it yet. Maybe you can Mm -hmm. suggest the next Uh, word. We'd love for you guys to tell us what word you'd like us to explore, mm -hmm. uh, what song you'd like us to explore in our Transcendent Tune segments, Mm -hmm. uh, or any other comments you want to send at us. We're thrilled to hear from you.
0: Email it or even voice message us
1: directly at thesilpodcast.com. Simple click, and you can leave us a voice message. Hey, next time you're in a state of ambito, Send us a comment from that place. Ooh. Mind bending. Mind bending. <laughs> Ciao, Harry. See you later. And we've got to get ourselves back to the
0: garden. The SIL Podcast Perspectives on Art and Technology is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at the SIL Podcast dot com.